everyone. We wanted to tell you about a new show we are loving, the Culture Study Podcast with Anne Helen Peterson. It's a show about exploring the nooks and crannies of the culture that surrounds you. Each week, Anne and a super smart co-host answer listeners' questions about the stuff they find interesting and perplexing, like, why do clothes suck now? Is Paw Patrol copaganda or is it not that deep? And what's the deal with everyone I know getting a divorce? Like Anne's tremendously popular newsletter, the Culture Study Podcast is funny, insightful, and kind of weird. And it's guaranteed to help you become the most interesting person at parties. Listen to the Culture Study Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you get your shows. This podcast is free. And it's accessible to everyone, thanks to support from listeners like you. If you value this show, please consider supporting its production by donating to our home, KUOW. It only takes a minute to give, and you'll be helping to support the production of this podcast. Make a donation at KUOW.org or follow the link in the show notes. And thanks! Megan's a little bit scary and she yells at adults. And I am quivering. Got him. Boom, roasted. Zombie cannibal vampire monster. What a bunch of chuckleheads. I hope you don't have plans to spend time with literally anyone else. Text me back. Text me back. Text me back. Text me back at once. Why won't you text me back? Text me. Text me back. Text me back, back. Megan. Welcome to Text Me Back, a podcast about, and here's a new tagline suggestion from our Instagram comments, stifling men's joy. I'm Lindy West. And I'm Megan Hatcher Mays. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about our problematic faves. We heard a rumor that podcasts become really popular if you share controversial, cancelable opinions. So we're going to weigh the pros and cons of some celebs turned religious fanatics that we unfortunately love for their current or previously showcased talent. And you're going to cancel us over it unless we get scared and back down immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, it's snake of the week. New snake just dropped in the Amazon. It's a huge deal and it's a huge snake. And I'm going to tell you all the huge news. But first, tidings. Do, 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 Do you have them? Tidings! First of all, sad news. Lindy and I are no longer in the same room together. Ugh. And yet, we have found ways to form community 3,000 miles mm-hmm. away because we're gamers now, man. Yep. Lindy yep. and Megan, a couple of gamer girls. Lindy, you're, you're not new to this video game lifestyle. You're like a gamer girl. That's true. You love video games. You love a little quest. Generally, I do not. I just want to play Rummy against a computer program named like Alice or something. That's correct, Megan. Although I also like to play Rummy against a computer program named Alice or something. (laughs) But yeah, so I love video games. I've been trying to bully you into being into video games because I would really love for us to make a Stardew Valley farm together. (laughs) Um, Because what I like is to roam around and talk to my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like to meet a guy and see what he's up to. And mm-hmm. I like to deliver a letter from his dead wife that I found in a burned hut. You know, like, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. There's like truly nothing you want more than for me to like go in and ask a shopkeeper for a map to start, oh. to start our quest and to hand him the, the magic ruby in exchange oh. for, for like three riddles that will save my life or whatever. Okay. 
You say that with a tone of voice that I don't love. Genuinely, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just like, I don't know what the what does the shopkeeper want from me? I don't know how that wouldn't appeal. What you just described, <laughs> and if you're if you're concerned that you're not going to know what the shopkeeper wants, they tell you. They billboard it. <laughs> they put a little box. These modern video games, you cannot fail. They put a little box up in the corner that says, "Give the shopkeeper the carrot." Oh my god, that's right. Okay, they, okay. They give you a little map. There's a glowing dot. You hover over the dot. It says, bring carrot here. You walk there. You give him the carrot. He gives you the map. So right. anyway, I'm just saying I want you to oh, – I would love for you to broaden your mind at some point. But that brings us to kind of to what we're talking about today because my mind has opened a little mm-hmm. – or reopened perhaps because you and I accidentally got hooked on a quest game from the past – Mm-hmm. That's right, mm-hmm. suckers. It's called Oregon Trail. They brought back Oregon Trail. And I and I've been playing it and it's fun and it's so questy. It's so many shopkeepers. You know what I mean? So many riddles yeah. and rubies and gems or something. When people say that people like you say that they don't <laughs> want to get into modern video games because they're too hard, games from our childhood were Hard as hell. So hard. A a billion times harder than video games now. Well, and the problem with Oregon Trail at the time and actually now is that like it was so arbitrary whether or not you made it to Oregon. It was like, oh, Bernadette tripped over a rock and died. (laughs) Like, what? How did she not see that? By the way, growing up, I never made it to Oregon. Not once have I ever made it to Oregon. So I was like, I don't know. I want to replay it for the nostalgia, but... I know it's going to piss me off because I'm never going to make it to Oregon. As many of you probably know, Oregon Trail is a very popular game, I think. I don't know, among people who were 10 in 1992. They made us play it in school on antique computers in the library. The big old, like, like... eight by 10 floppy disks that you had to bust out and like Mm -hmm. jam it into the ancient computer. And it was fun as hell. Well, so it's not exactly the same as the Oregon Trail of our childhood. Like it has uh, full color graphics and they, you know, all of the characters are fully rendered. They're not just a green dot. And (laughs) they're like sexy. (laughs) Like the women are sexy. And it's, you know, it's a lot more complex. Like you have to sort of bargain with the game. So the thing that got me back into it is because Megan <laughs> texts me and she's like, "Dude, I'm playing Oregon Trail, but I think I did it wrong because all of <laughs> because everyone in my party is dimwitted." And I'm <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> what on earth are you talking about?" Like I started that game a couple months ago and it was boring, but. Everyone in my party wasn't dim-witted. Like how I, yeah, you did mess it up. I don't know how I did it. It's okay. So here's what's different about the game. It, you go into the store and you can pick your party and you, I guess, I didn't know this at the time, but you can like swap out some of their characteristics. So sometimes they're athletic, sometimes, sometimes they have hygiene issues. Sometimes they're messy, um, which means they <laughs> get stinky really fast on the trail. And then you're constantly having to change their clothes so that they don't like stink to death and also their stinkiness <laughs> can affect the morale of your party some of them are dim-witted and that's the word that they use and so while you're walking on the trail it'll be like samuel parentheses dim-witted so i think the first time i did it i accidentally had four dimwits in my party and and so one of them chitu i was like i she went to try to pick harvest some berries to for like medicinal purposes and she found a box of bullets underneath the bush and was like i shall plant these bullets 
that will one day grow into a beautiful bullet tree. And the game was like, <laughs> Chitu, parentheses, dimwitted, thought she could grow a bullet tree. Onward to Boise. <laughs> God, how did I end up with these idiots? It was so embarrassing. What if you had to hear the Oregon Trail narration of your own life? It would be like, Megan and Lindy, dimwitted. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do want to say about the game just really quick is one of the big differences is when you first start the game, it says it, there's almost like there's like an acknowledgement at the top that's basically like we want to acknowledge that the actual Oregon Trail was not an adventure. It was an invasion. And for the first time, you can play as indigenous characters, except it's just like, why would this indigenous character be following the book of manifest destiny to or I mean the whole thing is just sort of weird it's like it's both nice and weird at the same time and I just don't <laughs> I don't know it's I think it's just mean to call anybody <laughs> dim-witted in the game call them something else call them like inexperienced I am simply not sure that it is writing the wrongs of history to allow people to create a dim-witted indigenous woman who who deserts the party because she is clinically forlorn from being too stinky <laughs> and then she drowns in the snake river <laughs> okay i want to stop you right there because i think the listeners are gonna be like haha good joke lindy it's not a joke i was walking from independence missouri to oregon city oregon one of my players got clinically forlorn like so forlorn that she could not continue and that's what they call it they don't call it a depressive yep. episode they call it forlorn she got so forlorn that she left and she deserted the party and just disappeared for the rest of the game and then and then, no she actually that's not true she came back when we were about to cross the snake river but she was also a dimwit so she was dimwitted and forlorn <laughs> she was dimwitted and forlorn and couldn't figure out how to get the wagon across the snake river and so it sank and she drowned <laughs> and i was like well i'm glad you made well, your way back to the party now you're gone you dimwit my favorite thing in the game is that there's a cure for being forlorn yes. and it's that you have to buy a harmonica and then when you play the harmonica for your forlorn party members they cease to be forlorn but then also the harmonica disappears like it's a single use harmonica and i'm like Di i'm sorry what was Chichu so dimwitted that she ate the harmonica, thinking that that's how the harmonica would cure her? Did she think that the har if she buried the harmonica, it would grow into a harmonica tree? <laughs> that would actually be really helpful because there is there are not enough harmonicas in this game for how often people get forlorn. So I w I was having that thought. I was like, Chichu is getting cl clinically forlorn. I have to do something about this, <laughs> and I'm looking everywhere for a harmonica. I didn't have one in my wagon. We were stopping at different outposts, and I was like, Does anyone have a harmonica? I was like, I was like willing to trade dozens of pounds of fish that I had spent hours catching with my own bait, pelts, a wagon, a, a, yep. an axle. I was going to trade it all for a single harmonica just to keep <laughs> Chitu happy. And nobody had one. Nobody had a harmonica from Chimney Rock <sighs> to Oregon City. I was like, oh, where are the harmonicas? I mean, <laughs> Megan, honestly, honestly, it's amazing because the, the 1980s Oregon Trail did not include the great harmonica famine no. of 1860 in the game. And that was actually a historical oversight. Yeah, it's really important to be true to history. As we've talked about on this show, Chuck Grassley would be alarmed at mm -hmm. the oversight in the original uh, original game. But here's the good news. So as I was mentioning, I don't think I ever made it to Oregon as a child. One, because that game took forever. And two, because it would just be like, 
you died. Don't worry about it. You're just dead now. <laughs> Which I guess is, I don't know, probably how it actually was on the trail. Just out of nowhere, you would die. They were trying to teach you about what it was, re- what it would really yeah. be like. It was like dare, you know? Yeah. If you, th- you might think it's cool to walk from Independence, Missouri to Oregon City, but think again. I don't think so. Here's a little dose to r- a dose of real life. Oregon Trail. To keep kids off the Oregon Trail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't worry. I'm very lazy. I'm not going out there. I'm good. But guess what? This time, I finally, not with, not with my dimwits, but I played it again, and I made it. Oh, my God. Two. The Willamette Valley. It was so exciting. And it was, but only, it was only three out of four because I did have a clinically forlorn yeah. member of my party in the second round who left. By the way, sometimes the forlorn people leave uh, and then they come back, they meet back up with you at a different fort or something. And they'll be like, yeah, they'll be like, did you like my joke <laughs> where I deserted you in the middle of the woods? I'm back now. And I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> Not a good joke. Not funny. Not a good joke. So I had three out of four party members uh, make it to Willamette Valley. In this case, it wasn't a deserter uh, that took out one of my four. It was one clean punch to the face by a trail robber. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Was she frail? It was a he, but yes, that's one of the characteristics that you can get stuck with. Either you're like you're dim-witted or you're frail, or sometimes you can be too egotistical. And then you become suspicious or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that one hasn't really... Uh, I always pick that one. I yeah. feel like that doesn't, has not harmed not me that, that much. I did have one person who became too, too paranoid. She was so egotistical that she became paranoid. Yeah. Um, anyways, this guy was a missionary who, who stunk. he was a missionary with bad hygiene. And a trail robber was like, give me all your money. And I was like, no. And then he punched... Uh, Lawrence, the stinky missionary in the face, and he died from one punch. And I was like, okay, well, rest easy, man. Wow. We will carry your memory with us to the Willamette Valley. And we did. It was great. Yeah. And then and then 200 years later, your your descendants were killed by Antifa. Yeah. That's what's happening in the Willamette Valley, right? I think, I think we've explained why this game is good. <laughs> Here's why it's bad. Yeah, go on. <laughs> and I know this is dear to your heart. You can't change people's names. Yeah. Which was yeah. the main entertainment value in the original Oregon Trail. Because that's kind of as far as you would get. They'd be like, okay, you have 20 minutes, play Oregon Trail. And then you would get yeah. through, you know, you would name your characters, you would load your wagon, and then the, the bell would ring. You can't do that in the new game. I know. There's no more ass is dead. Ass has died of cholera. R.I.P. But fart died of dysentery. An apt end to a beautiful life. Next up, we heard that getting canceled is the best way to score a hit podcast. So we've come up with the worst possible opinions just for you. We're weighing the pros and cons of some of our problematic faves. Megan, guess what? What? We are doing the show live! That's right. I won't have a fun, fancy jacket from Saks Off Fifth, <laughs> but we will have games and laughter and some secret special friends, maybe. So get your butts over to Town Hall Seattle, Friday, March 15th at 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. And get your tickets at kow.org slash events, or look for the link in our show notes today.
At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as, number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you, KUOW listeners, want answered. And two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast. Megan and I have been very clear that we both support cancel culture. Indeed, I love it. Yes. I love it. Who doesn't love uh, a good culling of the cancelables? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, it's fake. They they just, they're fine. They're all fine. No one in the history of cancel culture has been successfully canceled. So I don't think so. However, we also love bad people. Yes. Very much so. Maybe they're talented. Maybe they were previously good before and then they became bad, but we want to keep the before stuff. And maybe we're only on Earth one time. What do you think about that, Megan? I think you nailed it, my good best friend. (laughs) Here's the thing. We had Taylor Lorenz on not too long ago. And we were like, how do we make our podcast become more popular? Yeah. And she was like, you should have a lot of cancelable opinions. And I was like, Hmm, interesting, interesting. That was literally Taylor's one and only piece of advice. We were like, Taylor, how do we make our podcast successful? And she said, make people mad at you. (laughs) You need to start drama. Oh, no. If you don't want to make shrimp in an airplane bathroom, um, (laughs) you need to you need to just create some bait, basically. Okay, get yourself canceled on the app. So there you have it. Today, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna dig into our problematic faves. People men mostly, who are horrible and who, unfortunately, I can't get enough of and neither can Lindy. (laughs) Are we going to win you over? No, definitely not. (laughs) But it's important to live our truths with our beautiful text me back lights. And so that's what we're going to do. Let's get into it. Let's talk about our problematic faves. You know what, Megan, this segment, it's hashtag relatable. It's hashtag Mm -hmm. aspirational. It's hashtag (laughs) real. That's right. Hashtag girl boss, girl talk. That's what we're doing. Let her rip. I love, I love Tom Cruise. And I don't care who knows it. I don't care who knows it. Tom Cruise is if science took all the charisma in the world and turned it into a powerful gas and then (laughs) put that gas into a person and that person was Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? You're saying he's a balloon. Yes. He's unpoppable. He's a helium balloon of charisma. I am not romantically interested in Tom Cruise. When I say I love him, I'm not trying to kiss his little mouth. Not trying to hug him in the night. I don't believe you, but continue. I don't want to kiss Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I just want to watch 57 Mission Impossibles in a row. This man, Tom Cruise, is out here doing it. He is doing his own stunts and not in the dumb way where it's like, it's mostly just him hanging from a wire. No, this man is hanging from a helicopter payload (laughs) with his bare hands, okay? This man is parachuting off a bridge, a real bridge on a motorcycle. By the way, they filmed that in Norway, your ancestral home, because the Norwegians get it, man. Yeah, I was there. I was there when they filmed it. I was there. Tom Cruise is rock climbing. He's scaling the Burj Khalifa. And he's doing all of that 
for me. Mm. He cares about my entertainment. He wants me to be happy. He, This man, you know what's going to happen? One day we're going to get a headline that's like Tom Cruise dies while tap dancing on the edge of the Eiffel Tower because that's just what he's about. Mm. He's going to die making a movie and, they're, and, and we're all going to clap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This man is risking his life for our happiness. Okay. And that's why he's so popular. Do you know what I mean? Also, one last thing. Tom Cruise famously loves the movies. So he's always making these PSAs that are just like him going, I'll see you at the movies. While he like parachutes backwards out of a cargo plane into a speedboat. Do you know what I mean? I better get back to work. We gotta get this shot. You have a very safe and happy holiday. We'll see you at the movies. That's only to try to convince people to go to the movies. Yeah. That's that's dedication, man. That's dedication, brother. You know, if he really wants to get me to go to the movies, he should stop making commercials and just buy me some milk duds, man. Come on. It'd be a lot cheaper and a lot safer than hanging off the side of the world's tallest skyscraper. I saw you know that I mean? video. I saw that video where he goes off the ski jump on the motorcycle and then he parachutes into the ravine and and straight into a movie theater, actually, to, yeah. and then starts eating popcorn. Actually, he parachuted directly into the seat next to me while I was watching <laughs> Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And then you kissed and then you kissed in the dark. I know you did. No, Don't lie. I have not been pre-selected by Scientology to be his next wife. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, the man is a charisma ball. But I think just really quickly, really critically, I feel like people kind of in some ways overestimate Tom's powers. It's not just that, oh, he's very charismatic and that's why all of his movies are popular because a lot of his movies aren't popular. The thing is, you have to cast Tom Cruise as a character with no emotional depth. And if you get that and you get him dangling by a single foot off the bottom of a helicopter... That's the money shot, people. That's the mo- that's where the money rolls in. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, your thoughts? I also think, I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is not this kind of podcast, but he's also incredible in Magnolia. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you can cast him just right, mm-hmm. this man is a, here's the thing with Tom Cruise, and I'm going to get to the cons, but this man is a movie star. I, that's what he is. Tell me about it. He's a movie star. He's a star of movies, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. If you put him on a TV show, the TV would melt. You can't have him. He can't can't be contained. He needs to be... He's too powerful. He's too powerful for that. But okay, there are some downsides to Tom Cruise. This is a person who is not popular to love, I think, even though it is popular to love him because he's one of the most popular beloved (laughs) movie stars in the world. So this segment's kind of like when people are like, oh, I'm such a nerd. I love Star Wars. Like, yeah, you mean the most popular film franchise of all time? Like, oh, okay. The trillion dollar movie <laughs> franchise? Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not like other girls. I'm a dork. Okay. But anyway, here's the thing about Tom Cruise. I think the major objection is that Scientology is very scary and bad. Tom Cruise is like, he's kind of their number one. Mm-hmm. And in a very real way, like mm-hmm. he's like at the top. Yeah, I think and- they called him that. I think they might call it. It's like his secret <laughs> service code name, you know? Yeah, I think it might be. And I, there's just a lot of creepy stuff that you can dig up, like the thing where the Church of Scientology like auditions women to be Tom Cruise's wives. Mm. And then there's also the weird thing where the wife of the head of Scientology, Shelley Miscavige, she has disappeared. And then also, here's another thing. Scientology has a lot of alien content in the belief system and 
I, I, I want to be skeptical. However, okay, do you know that Tom Cruise's real last name is Mapother? Yes. Mapother. <laughs> and it's also the uh, last name of his cousin who was on Lost. And he wasn't in the manifest and um, <laughs> the spookiest moment in all of television history. And what kind of name is that? I have never seen that name before in my life. It sounds like a name that an alien made up. And by the way, while I'm at it, so does Miscavige. Never seen yeah. that name before in my life. And I feel like there is some part of me that's like, you guys are from space. Uh, yeah. And I don't have anything to back that up. I have not done any yeah. genealogical research. <laughs> about what, I'm sure I could Google it in one second if I know what kind of names these are. But to my ears, they don't Aliens. ring any bells. Martian. Yeah. Yeah, they're from, I think, maybe from Mars. Yeah. So that's the cons. <laughs> yeah, you make a lot of really good points. On the other hand, mm. he scaled the Burj Khalifa wearing nothing but rock climbing shoes. For me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he did it for you. Yeah, he did that's it That's true. Me. It's hard to say. <laughs> maybe you should rewatch Mission Impossible 5. It's really good. You know what I think about all the time is in Mission Impossible 1, I think, there when one of the sidekicks is riding on top of the elevator, and then the villain makes the elevator go up really fast, and there's like a claw that comes down from the ceiling, and then it goes chink, right in his face. I can't believe you can't, didn't you don't remember that that was Emilio Estevez. That's Emilio Estevez? Yes. Next time I'm in Seattle, we'll watch Mission Impossible 1 together. Genuinely, Scientology is very bad. I don't want to make light of it, but... The movies are really good. And I'm really sorry. Lindy, who's your problematic fave? <laughs> okay, my problematic fave, uh, everyone turned on this person. And I get it. I get it. I get all the reasons. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you to list them. But like, I totally get it. I don't even need you to list them. This is less about a thing that I love now in my present day life and more about I don't like it when people rewrite history. <sighs> to act like they always knew that a person was bad. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I don't want to say this out loud, but I don't like when they when they say, oh, like, Kanye has never made a good album or whatever. Like, that's not true. It's you not true. I mean? He's he's very bad now. That's true. But to be like, yes, he, he was always way overrated is unfortunately right, exactly. not a factual statement. It's not true. It's just simply not true. Yeah. Okay. However, he's not he's not my pick. I, I would never pick him. <laughs> um, Red herring. <laughs> uh, don't sit there on your little tuffet and look <laughs> me in the eye and tell me that Chris Pratt was not funny on Parks and Recreation. Don't you Sorry. dare. Shut the front door, you <laughs> goober. You little weasel. It's not factual. Yeah. And like, I get it. It's so fun to be like, never liked him. Yeah. But you did. It's actually undislikable. Yeah. Um, the character of Andy Dwyer on Parks and Recreation is undislikable, according to science. So, yeah. Sorry. We asked. We asked the globe's leading scientists and that's what they said like there's no better joke ever written mm -hmm. ever committed to celluloid <laughs> than when andy dwyer is like leslie i typed your symptoms into the computer leslie i typed your symptoms into the thing up here and it says you could have network connectivity problems sorry that is so funny. <laughs> and 
you might be listening to this thinking to yourself, oh yeah, well that was just the writers of Parks and Rec who I agree are very funny. No, no jerkalicious. No way, man. That was a Chris Pratt improv original. He wrote that joke. He wrote the number one joke of all time. Oh, your favorite comedian is Buster Keaton. Okay, what did he do? <laughs> a house fell on him and he stood in the spot where a, a nerd calculated the window hole would fall. He got stuck in a clock? Or was that Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> I don't remember. Did he ever write anything as good? He wasn't even allowed to talk. It was a silent era. Did he ever write anything as good as I wipe and wipe and wipe and there's still poop? And I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe a hundred times. Still poop. Still poop. Let me check that. It's like I'm wiping a marker or something. Sorry, no. <laughs> And again, I get it. I get it. Look, a lot of people are like, well, oh, he married Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Yeah, you know what? I like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he's cool too. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's the most popular action movie star in the history of cinema. I have to hate Ugh. him as well. I, I mean, I'm sure people so. will send in lots of reasons why I'm supposed to hate all of these people. And that's okay. You can. Look, send in all the negatives you want, all the reasons to hate these people that you want. I agree with you. I agree with you. (laughs) We share an ethos. We are the same. I I agree. And yet, I just want to live in a place of honesty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And absolutely. I haven't seen any of those Marvel movies. Is he in the Marvel movies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you can't sit there and be like, oh, I never liked... Chris Pratt. He would have never been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy if he was universally loathed by the public. <laughs> Give Mm-mm. me a break. Mm-mm. I I am here on my soapbox to make one point only, which is that don't come at me and tell me that he was not funny on Parks and Rec because he was. And people are, people act like, oh, Tom Haverford is so funny. Tom Haverford is not funnier than Andy. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. Not that everything has to be a contest. I hate when we pit men against each other. Oh my god, it's so true, Bestie. So true. Stop stifling the joy of men. Listen, I think I'm supposed to rebut you. Yeah. Rebut. Rebut ya. But my heart's not really in it, if I'm being honest. Uh, Chris Pratt is really funny. I, do I want to spend time with him? No, I don't. But, you know, for fairness sakes, I guess I'll share my cons. Yeah. Which is... Much like Tom Cruise, he attends a freaky little church that is deeply hateful. So that's not great. Anti-LGBTQ, really stinky, bad church. His wife, Catherine, is a Kennedy and is sort of like if low-sodium chicken broth was a person, you know? Mm-hmm. She's kind of boring. Is that a con? I don't know. I'm grasping here. He's the victim of toxic diet culture? Can I blame him for that? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So those are my cons. Yeah, I didn't like that. He was a fat icon. He was a mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest hometown hero. You know, now he's a, a rippling hunk. We don't like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the church thing alone is like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, that's cancel worthy. And, and, and that's why the only point that I'm making is don't rewrite history and act like this person was never funny. Yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to like this person now. Anyway, please cancel us for that. that Taylor Lorenz told us it's good for the algorithm. So. Megan. I know I talk a big tough talk, like a big boy, but I don't feel I don't feel that good about this segment. 
I was just going to say the same thing. I feel really guilty. And trying to get canceled is hurts my soul. I don't want to get canceled, Megan. They're not our problematic faves. They're just some guys we know. <laughs> we don't even know them. <laughs> we don't even know them. And we will never know them. And we will never give them the time of day. That's right. We only know them from the movies. <laughs> that was me. That was me jumping out of a cargo jet. That was good. That was Thank good. You. I'm surprised that he doesn't yeah. try to go to space where his right. he's from. Exactly. Where his his where ancestry.com says his family's from. <laughs> you have a new leaf. That's what they call it when they give you a hint. You have a new leaf. It just says Pluto? Lindy, he is going to space. <laughs> he's a thousand percent doing a spacewalk for an upcoming movie. I'm not saying I'm excited about it. I'm not Megan. saying I'm excited about it. Stay strong, Megan. <sighs> I'm not gonna go see it in the in my little cozy reclining chair at the Alamo with my little beverageito. I won't. I won't. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, text me back, lights. <laughs> Coming up, I'm serving up the sweetest little story about the best little big noodle of my week, and very soon it'll be yours too. It's Snake of the Week! Hey, my name's Claire McGrain, and I'm a producer for Seattle Now, KUOW's local news podcast. There is a lot happening in our region, and it's a lot of work to keep track of it all. We'll get you caught up on the latest news and take a deep dive into something happening around the city, all in under 15 minutes. Get a morning walk-in or grab a cup of coffee and start your day with us. Learn something new and connect with our city by searching for Seattle Now wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of problematic faves, I've got one that you all know about. I've long had a problematic fave that I don't think is so problematic at all. And that problematic fave is named Snakes. <laughs> That's right, Megan. It's Snake of the Week. This snake is hot and fresh. This snake just plopped. <laughs> this snake just dropped. Straight out the lab. Here comes the snake. Yep. Before I deliver the news to you, I want to do a little quiz. Mm -hmm. um, this is the headline from National Geographic. The world's heaviest snake has been hiding a big secret. <laughs> First of all, that's copyrighted. The world's heaviest snake. That's that's my personal tagline. <laughs> I'll deal with that later. My lawyers will be in touch. But Megan, the world's heaviest snake has been hiding a big secret. What do you think his secret is? Here's one option. Stolen valor. She's <laughs> actually a skinny legend who's been weighing herself down with river rocks. To try to get into the Guinness Book of World Records? That's one possible <laughs> secret. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> Is that, am I right? Is that it? Nope, that's not it. Try again. Um, the snake is actually President of the United States, Joe Biden. Yes. No, that's wrong. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Her secret is coconut oil. <laughs> Her secret is she's Polly. <laughs> no. Okay, you did not guess it. Oh. You freaking beefed really? it. <laughs> None of those guesses were correct. That seems yeah. so strange. It seems like that would be right. Hmm. 
I'm going to tell you the, the real answer. Uh, it's kind of boring. The answer to the, what the snake's secret is is boring. The snake is not boring. Sure. This, is, this snake is absolutely a contender for Snake of the Year 2024. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out. You know, there's a lot of months to go, a lot of snakes to go, but uh, she's a contender. Listen to this. With the help from the Warani people in the Amazon, a group of scientists found our Snake of the Week they were filming a Disney Plus docuseries called Pole to Pole with Will Smith. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, speaking of. Her secret is she's a dancer. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's called Pole to Pole. And so what if the secret is that she's a pole dancer? It doesn't mean the North Pole and the South Pole. It means a stripper pole. That's a good joke. Because a snake would be a good pole dancer. I know. All up, down. The clacks Ugh. of its little she could tail. She could do it all. Yeah. I know. Plop some eggs out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm, 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 mm. Shoot them across the room. The scientists came across the largest anaconda recorded to date. This this anaconda is 26 feet long. Oh. It's a, it's a green anaconda. And there is a video of it wiggling around in the mud on the bottom of the Amazon River in Ecuador, and it is the best video I've ever seen. That's not true. It's a really good video. (laughs) The snake is really big. And of course, there have been lots of, I don't even want to say rumors, like accounts of Mm -hmm. anacondas that were over 20, 25 feet. Yes, like in the the documentary from 1997, Anaconda, starring Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. But th- this is the first one recorded uh, on film by scientists. So Ugh. I don't know if you know a lot about an anaconda, but a thing about an anaconda is that on land, when it's a landaconda, it is not a cute <laughs> snake. Because <Ooh>. you, <laughs> the anaconda is like really big, and uh, you know it's a. I believe I believe it's a constrictor, so it. it it snaps on you with its teeth and then it wraps around you like you're a little sausage and it squeezes you until you can't breathe and then it eats you. So sort of like a python. But an anaconda also is like wet. Like an anaconda's skin looks like when your fingers get pruned in the bathtub. Ew. (laughs) I know there's something like really uh, has like wiggly skin, like loose, loose wiggly skin. There's something (laughs) gross about it, which I actually love. It makes it really relatable to me. Um, (laughs) But then seeing this anaconda swimming under the water, it was so beautiful. And you know, you just really feel like that's where it's meant to be. It was just, I was moved by this video, but the, fascinating thing and the snake's big secret is that they were like oh look it's a green anaconda and then they did some science and they were like it's not a green anaconda it's a like a green anaconda 2.0 it's a different species it's an entirely new species of green anaconda whoa a new snake really did just drop new snake literally just dropped and that and that's not just according to me. That's according to wildlife biologist and University of Amsterdam professor, Dr. Freak Vonk. So, oh, you know what? That's his real name. Everybody stop it. Stop it right now. Megan, who are you? Are they going to name the snake Freakaconda? 
after the professor <laughs> i think it's they have to i think they have to i think that's the convention the scientific convention for sure or they're just gonna do something boring like river snake equidorosaurus no if they don't call it freakaconda yeah come i've on. lost all hope in science i will no longer be a woman in stem <gasps> that's right i'll be leaving the field i'm so sorry but dr freak vonk sounds like a p-funk song i can't handle this <laughs> Ooh, Dr. Bonk. <laughs> freak Bonk. Ooh. We are the freak. <laughs> Stay on the ones and always keep it vonky. We are the freak. Okay, but this is like your Christmas, man. Congrats. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Welcome to the world, Freakaconda. There's no going back for me and I have to go to the Amazon. I have to get a snorkel and I have to swim with the yeah. anaconda. That's just all there is to it. Megan, we did it again. We did. Oops. But I thought the old lady dropped the podcast into the ocean at the end. <laughs> well, babe, I sent Tom Cruise down to get it for you. <laughs> Man, when we said we had some bad opinions. <laughs> Boy, did we bring him to the show today. Uh, And I apologize to everyone. Next week, good opinions only. That's right, because next week is your (gasps) birthday. (gasps) This whole thing? Who, me? (laughs) That's right. Next week, I will be turning 42. So I don't know about that. I mean, I don't mind, but it's also weird because I'm a baby. You know how there's like a trend on TikTok where uh, people make like cozy grandmother content where it'll just be like a a lady in an apron and she's sort of bustling around and she has all kinds of little ceramic chickens. And then sometimes I watch that stuff and I think to myself, she's 10 years older than us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like she's probably 10 years older than us. Damn. On the other hand, Tom Cruise is 40 years older than us and he's doing capoeira on the wing of the space shuttle. He is not to be trifled with. I am terrified of him. And we're never mentioning him again. Nope. So tune in next week where we're going to do a game of the ages. We're going to go back into the Text Me Back lore and we're going to do March Madness, best animals versus worst people edition. Okay? Get into it. And we're going to post them all on our text me back instagram at text me back pod so that you can vote in each category and fill out your brackets and it's gonna be fun as hell and text the text club um what do you think this is the funniest thing i've ever said because for my birthday that would make me happy truly that's she's not doing a bit gang <laughs> that, that's what she wants for her birthday text your accolades to the text club 206-926-9955 so that lindy can finally rest in a position of joy Thank I you. will never rest, but I can't wait. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Text Me Back. If you like the show, please tell your best friend about us and rate and review us. It helps people find the show. Text Me Back is a production of KUOW in Seattle, a proud member of the NPR network. Our editor is Jeannie Yandel. Our senior producer is Brandy Fullwood. Our mixer is Jason Burroughs. Diana Bowen makes our video clips, and they are delightful. And I'm not just saying that because we're in them. Go enjoy them at Text Me Back Pod on Instagram and TikTok. 
Our production team includes Michaela Giannotti Boyle, Amelia Peacock, Alicia Villa, Hans Twight, Brendan Sweeney, and Marshall Eisen. Our music is by Chief Aha Mefile J. Oluo. Special thanks to our perfect angel, Azolda Raftery. I'm Lindy West. And I'm Megan Hatcher Mays. See you next week. 